2: My name is Chris Plank. We call our Friday edition the tailgate as we inch closer to the start of the college football season. The preseason is well underway. The Sooners have reported they're in the midst of their first practice. Football is back. Exciting times, and we have you covered with a complete fall camp preview. So coming up. On the Sooner Sports Podcast today, we'll kind of welcome back the writer's block, if you will. Been a while since we talked to Jason Kersey. Jason was on the OU Beat, left for a while, and started covering the SEC. But an opportunity arose where the Athletic has expanded their college football coverage. So we'll get some perspective from Jason and some camp thoughts from the Sooner Beat writer for the Athletic. Then we'll hit on the print side with our buddy Ryan Aber, kind of a regular contributor, if you will, To the Sooner Sports podcast, get some of his thoughts on a few storylines as we kick off camp. And then later in the podcast, Jessica Cootie will swing by. She'll be front and center on the Sooner Sports TV coverage. So we'll kind of pick her brain on a few storylines that she's intrigued by. But we start things off well, is there a better way? The voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, joins us to get things going football season. And I mean, obviously, Toby, this is an exciting time. Football is back, but. Let's go through this. What are a couple of storylines, or at least what's a storyline that's piquing your interest over all others as we kick off the preseason, as we kick off fall camp?
3: Well, that's a layup. I mean, uh, we've got a quarterback battle, so uh, that's uh, uh, probably should have put a disclaimer now. in there. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on past that. That's okay, that's the that's the biggie. Kyler Murray, right. Austin Kendall. Some people believe it's a done deal already. Uh, I happen to think they're going to have to play a little football before uh, Lincoln Riley anoints Kyler Murray the starting quarterback. But we've got a quarterback battle going into the fall, so that's what everybody's going to be talking about every day. Somebody saw somebody throw a pick yesterday, you know, and they told (laughs) somebody's girlfriend who told somebody's brother who told somebody. You know, so that'll be fun. But I think uh, equally intriguing for me is the safety position and how that plays out in the fall. That, that seems to be a giant question mark for this team. I like the corners. I'm excited about the linebackers. I think their depth up front is really good, but the safety position after losing a couple of seniors last year is an area of concern, and they've moved Jordan Parker back there. They've got Khalil Hotton coming back, Robert Barnes. Justin Broyles has been moved back there. They've got... Uh, A couple of guys coming in, DeLarian, DeLarian, Turner-Yell, who they like a lot, really hard hitter. Patrick Fields may factor into the mix. So how that all shakes itself out and who the starters are come September 1st I think will be
2: fascinating. That's the most intriguing battle, if you will, to me. I, I am fascinated to see what not just, obviously, defensive coordinator Mike Stoops, but defensive backs coach Kerry Cooks has pardon the pun, cooked up, t because you mentioned a lot of names, and we know Buki is going to be out there, but it's not in a true safety role. It's going to be in that nickel role more than anything else, so you need two guys, at least in, we're yeah. going to be running a lot more nickel this year, you need two guys to step up. You do, and the, the thing related to Buki that I think is interesting is, he's going to be at nickel, but...
3: And and Teddy Lehman did a great job of breaking this down when I was on with him the other day. You can't play nickel all the time. You can play nickel a lot, but there are going to be some situations where teams are going to go into power sets and they're not going to allow you to do that. In those circumstances, does Buki come off the field or as a freshman, is he going to be able to do what Stephen Parker did a lot of times last year and move back into one of those either free safety or strong safety roles, and one of those guys comes off the field so that Buki is always out there. I don't know as a true freshman. I don't know what his mental capacity is. Can he handle changing positions on the fly so that he can stay on the field at all time? And if he can't, I think you're going to see a lot of teams say, listen, this guy's a playmaker. we got to go into sets in which he's not a factor and try to get him off the field. So. It'll be interesting I, I, to see if he does factor
2: into those free safety and strong safety battles eventually. That's a great point because you can't just, you might see more of it based on the offenses we face. But you're right, T-Row, Uh I mean, what happens against Army? What happens when they play the cadets? You know, how different might this defense look against them? And it's hard. And I'm just looking at one game here. I'm sure there's maybe against Florida Atlantic, Lane tries to power run a little bit more. But you're right; it's going to be real interesting to see how they adjust whenever Kate they State. go. K Texas
3: going in. I could see K yep. Texas going into a two-back tight end set. You know, I, I I think there'll be not not every team can, but there will be some teams who, if Buki is a major playmaker early in the year for them, says, all right, what packages can we get into so that he's not a factor?
2: Great point. Hey, uh, to wrap it up, is there a player outside of some of the obvious ones? We mentioned Buki. We've talked a lot about the quarterback position, but is there kind of an under-the-radar radar, under guy that you're intrigued in, at least following through camp? I, I'll give you a few. Um, I think without
3: Jalen Redman in the mix now and that search for a pass rusher, it's going to be interesting to see who emerges, uh, maybe a Mark Jackson maybe a an Addison Gumbs, um, you know, a couple of guys we're not talking a lot about, but I think could factor in the mix maybe to even be a starter at linebacker on the outside there, Ryan Jones, a redshirt freshman, or true freshman Deshaun White comes in with a lot of praise as well. So which one of those guys or somebody else emerges as a pass-rushing threat on the outside? And then... Charleston Rambo is a guy that we were talking a lot about last year. He ends up getting red-shirted, kind of been shuffled onto the uh, into the backs of the minds of a lot of people. And they've got Hollywood and they've got CD and Calcaterra. but I think Rambo is going to is going to be a big-time player for them this year. I think he's going to factor into the mix. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Stoops boys run. A couple of guys
2: running around with Stoops on the back of their jerseys out there now. That'll be fun. By the way, I'm still kind of kicking myself a little bit that I didn't give that precursor to T. Rowe to say, all right, what storyline other than the quarterback battle? But great stuff, as always, from the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. Let's stay on campus. Jessica Cootie will anchor Sooner Sports TV's coverage. She'll have practice reports at Soonersports.tv. Make sure you check that out. Constantly refresh. Get a membership. It's very affordable to join, and you'll have insider access all season long. Jess, first and foremost, the excitement level, you got to be jacked up. Heading out to the practice field, football is back.
1: It's um, it's exciting now that it's finally here. We talked on Monday, and I was like, okay, I feel like it's time, but yet we still have the rest <laughs> of the week. But uh, now it's, it's almost here.
2: From what you've been able to just – I guess you could say learn, glob, glom onto, figure out whatever term people want to use. What kind of difference has Benny Wiley made? And I say this: I wrote an article which was based off not just your interview, but several interviews that I heard from him. And I think just your sit down was right after he got the job, and you could already tell a change just in the way that his personality is from what we, and this isn't a knock. I mean, everyone's personality is different from what we dealt with, with, with Schmitty before, then you see his workouts online and you realize, okay, this is a different, different world completely. But from what you've been able to learn, what kind of difference has he made so far in this program?
1: Well, I did uh, get a chance to sit down with uh, Marquise Brown and, and, he talked a lot about that, about, um, you know, I mean, since he came, since he stepped on campus, um, Marquise has put on, um, like, 35 pounds. But a lot of bulk of that, a big chunk of that has come since um, January. And, um, you know, he did, he, he called, he did specifically say, you know, how about how Coach Wiley has helped him. And, um, I, I mean, you just, um, you know, and I, I love Coach Smitty. I really did. But, um, you know, if you walk into the, the weight room and, and Coach Wiley is just, I mean, a ray of sunshine you know I mean he really is like when you talk to him as a as an outsider and I haven't sat in on one of his workouts I've kind of been at the end of them and he is he is very much um, you know an encouraging person um, he's uh, he works out with the guys I mean he's um, the, the players adore him so um, you know I know that obviously coach Riley thinks the world of him um, going back to the days that they worked together and Um, it's been a guy that he had had on his mind that you know if he ever had the opportunity he wanted to work with again and um, I think so far it's it's just gone over so well I mean he is just um, he's he's one of those people that you know we talk about Ron Kruger and Paige Parker and I mean I feel like he's on that that level of one of the nicest people you'll ever meet now obviously they're also one two of the most competitive people you'll also meet but it's it's you know, I think that switch as well, and he's so such a such a nice, nice person.
2: I bring it up because he's been the guy. I mean, ever this is not breaking news, but this has been the guy who has been hands on with the players since spring. Uh, coaches aren't allowed to do much. There's a limited amount of time that they get. Uh, But you hear stories, it's almost as if they become fairy tales about how much weight a guy has put on and how different a player looks. And then yesterday, I'm sure you've seen it, Jess, there's the picture of Caleb Kelly, who's donating time for the food pantry. And you see him and he looks like a different person. He looks like the Incredible Hulk. So I ask it. In part, not just because of the personality, but then the results, especially when you see someone like Caleb Kelly and how much his body, from an aesthetic purpose, has changed.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I think too that's something that um, we'll see and and hear from the coaches, you know, come that first second day of practice about the shapes they're in. I, that's always something you heard from Coach Stoops at the very beginning of practice. He could tell. I mean. You can get a feel for how well summer workouts are going. I feel like the coaches can, um, but I feel like they really can tell those first few days of practice and how how good a shape that they're in and um, how ready to roll they are. From the beginning, it was always something that Coach Stoops brought up. So I feel like um, you know we'll we'll know for sure just how well they've gone here and here uh, come Friday and in those first couple of days and especially the, the first day they. Um, put those pads on when you've, you've been going a few days and and you know you're starting to get tired uh, how how well that the workouts have gone this summer but yeah I mean I, I think as far as what you've seen you've seen several of them um, I mean a, a lot of them that you've seen have, have put on some weight but yeah I saw Caleb Kelly uh, at the champion barbecue and, and you could tell for sure he's, uh, he's put on some the muscle as well so it'll be interesting to see how a lot of those guys have kind of put on over the summer. but so far it looks like um you know they've been dedicated to being in the weight room and and that was one thing you know i feel like i've brought it up a lot but that's kind of what my duties have been here recently at center vision you know talking to um a lot of the players for the history dvd that you know when when the season doesn't end how you want it to end um you know, it provides for a different kind of mindset and mentality in in the off season. And that's I feel like I've I've heard it a lot from, from the players that were walked off the field at the Rose Bowl that, that wanted to win a national title. I mean how I mean look at Kenneth Murray, how much you've heard him talk about it. And um, you know, I feel like a lot of those players, um, and especially the defensive side of the ball talked about how hungry they've been in the off season. Kind of how pissed off they've been, you know, I mean, so I think that's good. and I think you'll you'll really see that pay off, hopefully here um, in the next couple of days.
2: We mentioned Caleb Kelly and Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray had already ascended into almost a vocal leader position just because that's his natural personality. I think Caleb Kelly has that in him, but there were always guys, uh, dare I say, ahead of him in that leadership, from oboe to to several others. But I'm real intrigued, and I know that he was the five-star guy, and I know he even said it at media day, he wants to see more of that consistency from his own game. But, Jess, I'm really intrigued to follow Caleb Kelly over the next couple of, well, I hope couple of years, but at least in the short term over the next couple of weeks just to not only see how he's embraced this shift to the inside, but also this is a guy that I think when given the opportunity – can be a good leader and you and I know this from talking to him is an incredible interview he to me is one of the most intriguing guys heading into camp this week
1: yeah and I think uh, I can't remember when it was um, but you know coach Riley was kind of talking about how in the spring it was kind of hard for for Caleb Kelly to um, kind of step into that role because he was hurt and kind of sidelined and and it's hard to do that from the sideline and so um, I think you know we're really going to see more of that here um, in fall camp. I think he'll be a guy you'll you'll hear a lot on the field, and along with Kenneth Murray. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I think there are several guys that maybe can step into that a little bit more. I talk, I've talked about Jordan Parker a lot about how he's he's really taken these younger players under his wing. Um, uh, you know, Boogie talked about him at length. Uh, Trey Norwood was also a guy, and which it's going to be again another kind of maybe difficult for him. I mean, he's a freshman last year, didn't play the whole year, but um, you know is expected to. He's, he's had a great spring and, and great summer workouts. Expected to have a um, you know a big impact this year. You'd expect him to maybe step up there in, in the secondary as well. But um, yeah, definitely Caleb Kelly is a guy that that I would to be one of those, those big-time leaders there for that defense.
2: I mean, I don't know, Jess. Is it is it fair for me to ask what's your biggest question or what's your biggest storyline you're going to be following on day one is yet?
1: Day one, hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess maybe just it's just going to be different with no Baker Mayfield out there, you know? So I just even, yes, the quarterback spot, but then just even – he was the guy that was kind of the the voice out there. I mean, it's um, it's just going to be probably just a feel of who's, who's kind of going to be that guy. Like we were talking about in the last segment, who's going to, you know, come to be the um, the leader for this team.
2: And then that leadership, uh, this is, this is going to sound corny, so you can make fun of me whenever you want, Jess. But it comes in so many different ways. <laughs> Sorry. And sometimes it's not in visual ways in other words there's going to be a lot of things that happen that we won't see Baker was just so good about being the same guy I think nonstop, and and he is he was as excited on the field as he was off the field in a game as he was at practice okay well maybe a little bit more in the game with 80,000 plus but there's so many little things in leadership that uh, to the naked eye we're just not going to see are we yeah I mean that that's
1: kind of kind of the big thing is is you know he was a guy that was so well loved and for so long I mean that you think about it I mean he was he's been here for so he was here for so long at uh, four years and um, you know even that year that he redshirted I mean I think if you guys watched the, um, the special on him and um, you know I mean that was when my video came out um, you know that was the year he was um, a walk on, but he was, or, you know, redshirting but he was such a big part of the team. I remember one of the first times that I interviewed him, it was at the women's clinic that spring. And I mean, he was as active as anybody, um, you know, and he, at this point, it was just got here, you know, and, and didn't know much about him, but, um, you know, he was so involved with kind of everything and, and all of the, the things off the field, you know, he was, right there at front and center for everything and then, you know, you talk about what he did with the scout team and with the team I mean, he was just such a big part even when he wasn't playing that it's, it's right. going to be different. I mean, that th- those guys are, are are hard to replace and, and it's it's always different. Every year that I've gone through this that there's been a, a class that have had that, that group of people that have been around and have done a lot. Like, I look back to the Eric Stryker year, you know, and Ty Darlington and um, Charles Tapper, um, that year, that first couple of practices were really weird for me. And so I feel like it's going to probably be the same again this year. Um, and and Orlando Brown was a guy that was, you know, getting after people and, and you know, holding people accountable in, in, in practices. So it'll be different without him. And Oboe was also a loud voice and Stephen Parker. And so, yeah, I mean, it's going to be different to see who's going to be those guys, who's going to be – and from the beginning, it's so important to set the tone. That's what you hear them talking about. Like, you know, that first practice is so important to kind of get out there and get the tone set. So um, that that will be a, a big deal.
2: So we'll have complete coverage for you at sooner TV. We'll see if Jess gets to hang out with us on Friday based on the practice schedule. And, of course, uh, she'll be back with us on Monday. But, Jess, it's funny because there's so many things that we just – think are going to happen automatically You know, Kenneth Murray is Ken going to naturally continue to improve as will Caleb Kelly uh, Buki is going to be running all over the place making plays and there is one natural progression I think we all assume on the offensive side of the football that it seems so natural we're not even talking about it I'm so intrigued by Grant Calcaterra. You know, I brought up Caleb Kelly on the defensive side of the football. You did an amazing feature on Grant and his family near the latter part of last year. I really think this guy is is primed and ready to step up and take on that very important role in Lincoln Riley's offense.
1: Um, yeah, I, I've i said it in multiple times, but that's a guy that Mark Andrews said is going to be better than him. You know, um, I think for Mark, it was kind of you know when he got here he was a wide receiver and he was adamant about being a wide receiver and then he redshirted and um, you know I think for Grant he got to get in here right away and is kind of in that position that is so fits him so well and ended up fitting Grant or uh, Mark so well you know um, so Mm -hmm. I think for him getting to see and learn from Mark and the way that Mark kind of Um, really helped him along last year. And then him getting to play last year, I think that was huge. Getting in there and, um, you know, getting some of that experience. But then, again, a guy that is the the guy who has the most yards for anybody for a tight end just left and said that the the player coming in behind him is going to be better than him. So, you know, I think Grant's a guy that's going to be a big, big um, help for whoever the quarterback is going to be. Um, you know, I think he's, um, I, he's, Josh was asking me off air the other day who's probably the best interview now on the team. And I, I put Grant Cacapera up there um, at the top with who is, I um, he's so knowledgeable. He's very smart. Um, he has a great interview. So um, I, I expect him to be a, a star for this team again this year as
2: well. Yeah, great stuff from Jess, of course. As we get closer to the start of the season, her podcast will resume with Meg McDonald. But until then, we'll pick her brain. We'll steal as much as we can from Jessica Cootie here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. All right, let's welcome in Ryan Aber. Time for the writer's block. And, you know, we could sit here and we can go over storylines and angles until we're blue in the face. But I'm curious, Ryan, you know, obviously all eyes are on the quarterback situation. But kind of what are you most intrigued by as we kick off fall camp getting ready for the 2018 season? I think it's, it's got to be Kyler Murray at this point. I think it's
4: pretty clear that he's been the number one guy for a while. Now, does Austin Kendall have a chance over the next month to, to change Lincoln Riley's mind and the minds of the, yeah. the offensive coaches? I, I think there's a window there, but uh, I would be stunned if Kyler Murray wasn't the starting quarterback they open the season here uh, in less than a month crazy to say that
2: crazy crazy to say that but awesome too in that though i gotta admit the summer has been a blast so far and it's been a it's been kind of a unique summer ryan compared to last year though so i don't think we'll ever experience anything like last year with bob stoops stepping aside and it was so amazing to compare and contrast last year to this year because there weren't a ton of question marks heading into the season outside of the running back position this year a much different world we were we were worried about just hey how is Lincoln Riley going to adjust last year this year we do have a lot of camp battles heading into this weekend don't we
4: yeah no doubt about it and none more important than uh, at center right in the middle of the offensive line you know we talk about the quarterback battle but that uh, battle between Jonathan Alvarez the veteran who has made quite a few starts over the last few years before redshirting last year, and Creed Humphrey, who was the buzz of camp a year ago, and uh, certainly they felt comfortable playing him a year ago. I think that's going to be a really fun one to watch. There's going to be some good ones in the secondary and a linebacker as well. So uh, a really intriguing camp for the Sooners uh, here coming up starting tomorrow.
2: So many uh, different things I want to ask you about because, you know, we were just getting into it, as I mentioned, before you came on. You hit on a couple of them, the offensive line, the safety. But, you know, you're replacing arguably one of the more productive defensive ends, outside linebackers, whatever term you want to use. But Oboe was something else. So that's going to be, especially now with Jalen Redman being out and some thought he would factor into that mix, there's a lot of names that maybe fit into that Oboe mold. Guys that we didn't see do a lot their first or second year, Ryan, that I think have an opportunity to step up a Mark Jackson Jr. and Addison Gumbs. I think that's going to be a heck of a battle on the defensive side of the football.
4: Yeah, that's a, another area that's going to be really fun to watch. You mentioned, I mean, They've had such good production from that position, going from uh, uh, Oboe to Eric Stryker and, and back even before that. But, uh, you know, Addison Gumbs, I think, is a guy really to watch during camp. He came on strong at the end of last year, was making plays for them, He's a guy who didn't get a lot of uh, uh, acclaim for what he did because of how good uh, Obo was, but I think he's a guy. Maybe if I had to pick a breakout player uh, to, to look for early in the season for the Senators, it would probably be Addison Gums.
2: Yeah, and uh, if if you think about a guy like Addison Gums, you can't help but think of the name Benny Wiley. And the reason I say that, Ryan, is because. That's a dude that we all talked about needed to get bigger, needed to get stronger, needed to get a little bit thicker. What's kind of been the buzz you've heard around Benny Wiley and the difference that he's made in his first, I can't even say full year, he's been here since January, but in his first off-season with this team and this roster?
4: Well, he seems to have injected quite a bit of energy into the offseason program for the centers, and uh, you hear really all the players talk about it how much they love working out for the guy. I think a big part of it is because he'll get in the trenches with them. Uh, you know, it's not just him showing them uh, what to do. It's him doing what they're doing uh, at the same time a lot of times. And I think players love that. Uh, that that defensive line group, and, and you know, I, I include Addison Gumbs in that, you know, those, those edge rusher types. Uh, they've been a lot of the talk of the offseason because of the gains that they've made, and much of that can be attributed to what Benny Wiley has brought and the energy that he's brought to that group.
2: Ryan, th- there are so many positional battles. I want to get through some individuals with you here in just a bit, but I'm curious for your take on an individual that you and I haven't talked about yet, and that's Lincoln Riley. What have you seen different in year two? You were there at Big 12 Media Days. You were there at Meet the Sooner slash Sooner Media Day. How different does Lincoln Riley seem to you? The word comfortable comes to mind. He seems much, and not as if he ever didn't seem relaxed and comfortable, but it just seems like a guy now that is, he, he gets what it's all about. Yeah, and, and you, you use
4: the word comfort, and that's the first thing that came to mind when you started the question, is just he feels more relaxed in that position. And like you said, not that he wasn't relaxed, a year ago, but he's he's more settled in. He's more confident in what he's doing and uh, knows what he wants to do with this program, as opposed to a year ago when he was thrown into the mix. You know, really late in the off season. I think it's easy to forget about that. You know, how short before the season it was before he took over. Uh, but uh, he, he's a guy with a, a focus, a plan, and we've seen that carried out in what he's done in the off season in some of the hires that he's made, both uh, with uh, some of the recruiting things. we talked, I wrote about Chip Viney's uh, uh, hiring the other day and how important that is and what it shows about the direction of Oklahoma's recruiting focus. And uh, I think just top to bottom, he's much more comfortable now than he was a year ago.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I referenced that article yesterday. That was really well done. And I, I think the Chip Viney, Impact is one that cannot be underestimated with Drew Hill, with Annie Hanson and the job that they've done so far in that recruiting department. And with that, one of the cool things I've seen this offseason has been the embracing of social media. You know, even going to the Champ U barbecue, Ryan, you can't turn your head somewhere without seeing the eyeball emoji or the incredible graphics that are out there. This is a staff that has really committed themselves to connecting with this younger generation.
4: Yeah, and it, it took OU a little bit to
2: get on board with that. I think Oklahoma was a little slow to react to that,
4: and that was understandable in some ways because of the success that uh, sooner football has had and, and recruiting has had in particular. But I think really when they started, when Bob Stoops started bringing in uh, some some younger coaches, when Kerry Cooks came aboard, back when Jerry Montgomery came aboard, you saw things start to turn and that evolution has really kicked up here in the last uh, year or so since Lincoln Riley went aboard. You mentioned Annie Hansen, Drew Hill. Those people do fantastic jobs. They've uh, you know, hired graphic artists uh, to do uh, some, some more flashy things as far as social media, especially with what they do with their offer letters that uh, catch the eye of these recruits. And, and also it makes an impression uh, just across the board because people remember – You know, Lincoln Riley's eyeball emojis, uh, the uh, champion barbecue as Oklahoma had a very concerted effort for alums to tweet out about that. I mean, we saw tweets from Baker Mayfield, from Samaj P. Ryan, Joe Mixon, Jordan Evans, uh, even guys who had been around sort of pre-barbecue. And uh, I think those things can't be underestimated with their importance to uh, Oklahoma's overall recruiting effort.
2: I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. Because I don't think we can truly underestimate that or appreciate enough what it means to everyone in the recruiting process when they see the Gerald McCoys of the world who they watch on Sundays and they see the P. Pirines. That is huge to have your alums that are at the next level or played at the next level that are involved in this process. I mean, it's not always that easy. And it doesn't happen at every school because – Guys will get mad. There'll be a coaching change, and someone will get sideways with the new coach. It's pretty awesome to see that across the board.
4: Yeah, that connection that that remains with uh, a lot of most of the Oklahoma alums out there is, is really strong, and it does help the recruiting effort. I mean, when uh, when when Adrian Peterson can can be around, and uh, just <laughs> yes. the the aura that he has around uh, Oklahoma football when he's around. Uh, just, just a team, uh, that makes a difference in, in recruiting and things like that. And all those guys you mentioned, you know, Gerald McCoy, Lane Johnson, uh, guys who have uh, uh, talked about their time at Oklahoma and how important it was in their development, that really helps because such a big part of recruiting is the, the belief that uh, a, a recruit can go from a, a high school, a raw high school player into an NFL player and when they see those things actually happen, it certainly helps uh, make your mark in college football.
2: Hey, Ryan, I'll let you go on this. Uh, you know, we, we've talked about some of the names I think that everyone gets that you need to talk about when you're heading into camp. But, man, I'm so intrigued by Jordan Parker. Coming off the injury, playing a new position, I think this is going to be a fun guy to follow his progression from all reports he's back he's 100 percent and they're going to move him around a little bit maybe maybe in that safety battle right now i'm real intrigued by this guy and see how he bounces back
4: yeah that's going to be fun to watch how jordan parker i think it's easy to forget uh just how high they were on jordan parker a couple of years ago you know he gets hurt in the season opener last year and that was a, a, a real tough deal for him but uh oklahoma has some quarterbacks that fit in really well and they felt good about what they had there so to give him a chance to play, and move him to safety and uh, apparently he's been doing some good things there the the secondary that safety group and Nichols, i think as a whole are going to be really fun to watch during the camp as you got you know uh bookie radley hiles and or, uh, and everything that uh comes along with with him they feel really good about what he's going to bring likely at that nickel spot, but it's going to be fun to watch Jordan Parker and the transition that he's going to be able to make from being a corner a couple years ago to to now playing safety and, and looking like he's got a real shot to play.
2: All right, thanks to Ryan Aber. Well worth a follow at r y Aber on Twitter. Oklahoma does a great job covering the Sooners. Let's shift from the Oklahoman, I guess, to the newest member of the Sooner Beat landscape as The Athletic has expanded its coverage. And we welcome back Jason Kersey to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Jason, first and foremost, I know when you left, Bob Stoops was the head coach. Now you slide back in and Lincoln Riley has taken over. Kind of give me some of your perspective on what you've seen from Lincoln Riley since your return to the Sooner beat as the Sooner head coach.
5: You know, the summer before Lincoln Riley's first year as offensive coordinator, I went to his hometown and did a big story about him uh, in Muleshoe, Texas. And, you know, I, I got the feeling then uh, going into that season, just talking to everyone about how smart he was, uh, how advanced he was. uh, I I got the feeling that he was going to, he was probably going to be a big deal. You know, I, I, didn't think that he would replace Bob Stoops two years later um, or anything. My 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 assumption was probably that he was going to leave OU after a year or after two or three years and, and become a head coach, you know, at at, at some some other school. But um, so so he's I mean he's way out uh, outdone the expectations that I even had, but. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. He's he's a he's an incredible coach, and and I think uh, uh, I think he's done a great job just replacing Bob Stoops. I mean, that's that's a big. I mean, he got handed a really good thing, a really good situation, and that's true. But but that's still a lot of pressure, and and he, to take OU to the to the playoff in the first year is really impressive. So uh, so I've been nothing but impressed with him.
2: You know, it's it's interesting because, and I bring this up a lot, maybe sound like a broken record, last year the story was new head coach. But you had Baker Mayfield, so even though you replaced the all-time leading rusher in Sooner history in Samajé Pirine, you felt good about the depth at certain positions. This year, Jason, there's competition everywhere across the field. And it goes from how will Lincoln Riley adjust to being the head coach to, all right, who are going to be the new guys that step up and, Man, they keep bringing it up, and I know Lincoln talked about it a lot—not only at Sooner Media Day, but Big Twelve Media Day. About as much competition across the field as we've seen for starting positions in a while.
5: Yeah, I mean that—that's true, and and I think that is a is a testament in some ways to just how talented this team is, because you you look across the board, I, I think this is, I mean, I think Lincoln has said this, this is probably the most talented team that, that that he's had since he's been in Norman. But, but I would also, I mean, it's certainly the case on defense. I think, I think they're definitely the most uh, talented they've been on defense in a long time. Uh, So it's really going to be imperative that they make improvement this year. The the problem of course, is that they're, they're somewhat inexperienced. They're young uh, on defense, but, but they've recruited so well the last couple of years that it, uh it, you know, I think it's time for, for them to, to take a step forward and, uh, on that side of the ball.
2: Yeah, and it's going to be a challenge based on the league that you play. And you play a non-conference schedule where, hey, Florida Atlantic's good offensive football team. That was their bell cow. I get it that they're from Conference USA, so, so you should handle them. But Lane Kiffin's done a nice job. You throw in Chip Kelly, never know what it's going to be like, but he's an offensive guru. And then Jason, a complete curveball, something completely different than you ever see in what Army's going to throw at you. So you've got yourself one heck of a non-conference schedule, at least to challenge that defense early.
5: You know, the Army game, I think, is 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 quite dangerous, and that may be the most dangerous of those of those three. I mean, uh, you know, I I think they're going to you know, they should be able to, to outscore FAU. No no question. UCLA, yes, Chip Kelly is an offensive genius, and maybe next year that would be a, a really tough game. But this year it's his first year. He's got a long way to go, I think, with that team. But Army is very interesting. It's it's the, it's the uh, you know, because they run that offense that, that you're completely not used to, uh, that you you have to prepare for kind of in a week. Um, they'll just wear you down. Um, you know, if they, if they are able to, you know, hold on to the ball for seven minute drives or, or things like that, I mean, that, that could really be an interesting game. I don't think, I don't think there's any way they beat OU, but I think that game could be really close. I think, you know, I, I think a few years ago, they, uh, uh, well, I don't know how long ago it was when OU beat Air Force, I think by three points or something, uh, or, or what was it when when Air Force came to town and, and it was a really close game? You, you know what I'm talking up. about.
2: I look it up um, right now. Uh,
5: I, I think it could be a game like that where where it's a lot closer than than people are comfortable with. I think uh, they beat them by three points. I could I could be wrong.
2: I'll look it up, but it, it, it's it's a challenge, is what it is. It's something completely different from what you're going to see at any other time throughout the season, which makes it uh, one heck of a unique challenge. Hey. Uh, I'm curious for your take on the, the low-hanging fruit here from the, the conversation piece involving Sooner Camp, the quarterback battle. And Lincoln Riley's going to tell you and tell everyone who's willing to listen that this is a battle. Uh, I'm buying it. How close of a battle do you think this is, Jason, between Austin Kendall and Kyler Murray?
5: I mean, I, I do think that they're going to let this go for a while. I mean, uh, you know, Austin Kendall's a good player. I mean, you know, I, I do – I think that it's going to be Kyler Murray. I think that maybe they even know that it's going to be Kyler Murray uh, to some degree. I think he's the favorite, but, um, but you know, there, there's a lot of reasons to let this go for a while. I mean, you want Austin Kendall to stick around after this year. Um, You don't want him to get discouraged. Um, uh, You, um, you want Kyler Murray to have to, to earn it. Um, But my sort of, Thought on this is what you know. I, I feel like why would Kyler Murray have come back if there's not a guarantee that he's going to start? You know what I mean? Like that—that's right. what I can't get past. Like why you know he's a he signed a contract. He's got you know millions of dollars on the line. Um. So why would he have come back uh, if if there wasn't some sort of maybe even tacit. Uh, understanding that he was going to play this year because I don't think that he would have come back just to stand on the sideline. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's sort of the way that I view that.
2: By the way, Jason was right. It was, time just flies because you say a couple of years ago, it was 2010. So it was eight, seven years ago, which doesn't <laughs> seem like that long ago to me now that I'm old. But on September 18th, Air Force came to town and the Sooners beat them 27 to 24. So it's it's a unique challenge. It's a different approach that Army will bring in. Uh, it, it will, at the very least, be intriguing to see how they attack it. Now, with that said, Caleb Kelly is a guy that I'm very interested in watching or at least following as much as we get to watch practices and, and camp reports. Jason, kind of a big year for a dude who came in as one of the more hyped defensive recruits that the Sooners have had. He's said it himself. He's looking for more consistency. He wants more Auburn Sugar Bowl, Big 12 Championship, Caleb Kelly, than any other time. I know he hasn't been healthy in battling that pectoral injury, but this is a dude that I think it's going to be interesting to follow, not just from his skill, but also from his leadership, too, in camp.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, I think, four or five months before uh, I left the beat the first time uh, when he signed with OU, and I remember when he – when he chose OU, it was a really, really big deal. It, it was, um, you know, the uh, I, I think one of the first five-star guys they'd signed in, in a couple of years, maybe since Vixen. And um, and and you know, the linebacker depth has been such a problem, really, since Mike Stoops came back. They've been battling uh, that issue. Uh, the, the talent and the depth at linebacker has been a bit of a problem. So Caleb Kelly was a really big deal i remember how big of a deal that was and uh and you know moving inside it's going to be really interesting to see how he uh, handles that move um i you know they they're the way that they talk about it he hasn't totally locked down that position yet i think he's still battling with uh curtis bolton but um but i'm sure he will he'll be the guy there um but yeah i mean i think this is a very big year for him absolutely
2: uh jason i'll let you go on this because i think this is a great story and it has nothing to do with camp but if you would have been on the beat when bob stoops left can you lay us through the conundrum that could have created for you <laughs> well
5: uh that happened to uh <laughs> that 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 uh, news broke on my wedding anniversary so um it would have been a disaster <laughs> so, I'm really glad that I wasn't on the beat that day um, i'm 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 uh you know very very happy that that my uh, my uh s e c sabbatical came um when Bob Stoops retired since he chose to do it on that day,
2: so from Toby Rowland to Jessica Coody to Ryan aber. To Jason Kersey tons of different angles tons of different perspectives and most importantly a lot of Sooner football we'll be back with a Friday episode next week recapping everything we've learned from the first week of camp as we count down to the start of the college football season until then everyone have a great week make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air and until next Friday Boomer Sooner everybody this has been the Sooner Sports Podcast Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OUOnTheAir.